actually master. Hmm? The thing is recording on on the same on the same uh, track as myself. So what's happening? Yes, is recording on the same track. Why is recording on the same? Amen. What's up? What's happening? What, what can you tell me? What's new? What's old? What's still the same? Your name is still the same, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, Hebrews 11. Read Hebrews 11 and then we'll get into something. Hebrews 11. Please give me volume 11. Hebrews 11. Thank you. We there? Chapter, okay. Verse 1. To 3, okay. Rested, all good. Amen. Sometimes you need rest. Needed sometimes. Amen. Yeah. Been waiting for this lockdown thing. Let me take a four week holiday. Yo, what's up? You good? Proofs. Ken, what's happening? You good? All good? Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Vincent. It's lighting. Uh, amen. Hebrews 11, verse number 3. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep. Hebrews 3. I mean, 11.3. But start from one. One, two, three, let the choir read. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Mm. The evidence of things not seen. Yep. For by him the elders obtained a good testimony. Yeah. scripture many times huh? and I'm sure you've heard it different times every time he says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God the apostle Paul writing there by the spirit is very selective in the way he constructs his communication. He doesn't say that the worlds were created. Rather, he says they were framed. The, the play of words there is important. Is important because 
if he had put create there, they would suggest that the aeons were fixated from creation. In other words, there would not be a need for any upgrade done to those aeons. The fact that the Apostle Paul says they were framed suggests, not rather suggests, implies and infers to us that everything God creates can be changed. They were created before they were framed. Now why do we need framing after they were created? An aeon is an arrangement, a, a, a structural arrangement through which events take place. So they translate it as an age. So it is time not determined by the movement of time, but the accomplishment of an event allocated to that dispensation. So an age is not, its length, its duration is not determined by a clock, is not determined by time. Are you following me? It is determined by the particular events that have been designated by divine counsel to take place in that age. So that's why an age can either be one day or 50,000 years, can be two months or 10 million years. It is not time that determines its duration, but activity. So when God creates an aeon, he's, he's called the God of the ages. From generation to generation, from alarm to an alarm, thou art God. So he has been the God of the ages because they come from him. They were created by him. He has oversight over every age. So every age or the activities of an age have already been determined in the councils of God. That, that God would create a man and that a man would fall was already predetermined. That God would create celestial beings and they would fall was already predetermined. So what determines the, the, the inception and the duration or the conclusion of an age is what has been divinely predetermined to take place in that time. So aeon is time, not based on the movement of hours and seconds but based on the accomplishment of predetermined activity. So he says, by faith, we understand that the worlds, they should have never put worlds there. Never. The ages were framed 
that they were framed means they were already created. Telling us that everything that God creates can be changed, altered. Everything. Nothing is fixed, is set in stone. Only God. Even the throne that God sits on is not set in stone. Only God. The Bible calls him the unchangeable one. But there is no shadow of turning with God. So he says, by faith, by faith, we are given an understanding that the aeons, the arrangements in a particular dispensation were framed by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made by what is You read that and the Spirit of God opens your eyes to the communication of God to his people in that particular verse. Your day, your life is made forever. 18 months, not 18 months, 13 months ago, yes, 2018, yeah, 18 months ago. I had an experience, an encounter with God that set me on a journey for these last 13 months. In that encounter, I was told by the ancient of days concerning the ancient parts. The, the first time in my life I've heard, ever heard of such a thing was in that encounter. And ever since I came out of that encounter, there's been an insatiable desire for accuracy in understanding these parts of the spirit that I was told about. And ever for 13 months, 14 months now, it has been the only thing occupying my mind. to gain accuracy without a shadow of doubt where you know that you know like you know that one plus one is two that this this is the path is the way of God and just recently Spirit of God gave me understanding. There is a straight line, a straight line from God's divine or the inception of God's divine plan towards accomplishment. And that plan, that purpose, 
the road that is walked on is called the path of the Spirit. Every man, woman, child, boy, girl came into this earth with that predetermined path set for them. Along the way, they might have found other paths. But there is the path, way of the Spirit. Allocated, allotted to every individual that ever lived. And there is a way to find it. And that is why God leaves occasion for, for the framing of an aeon. Because he knows that there might be breaches. There might be broken parts in a man's aeon. So he creates an aeon for you, but also leaves occasion for opportunity to frame it. The word frame there is the Greek word katatizo. Katatizo. It is the word that, is, that was used when the Bible says he found them mending their nets. That's what it means. It means to mend. To repair. The, 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 the strength of that word is there. To repair. To mend. So in God's mind, the aeons. The aeons. A, he says, by faith we understand that the aeons were framed. Were repaired. Mended. By the word of God. For instance, you don't get a plumber to fix something that a builder broke. You get that? You don't get a plumber. What you need to fix something that a builder messed up is a builder. It may or may not be the same builder. In most cases, when you look at product manufacturing, they tell you when you buy a product from a manufacturer, especially when it comes out of the box, is that you have a two-year warranty of this thing. You have a one-year warranty covering certain things, right? Liable to terms and conditions, right? Why do they give you an allotted time in which you can bring that thing if anything happens to it. Because they themselves do not trust the, what, the integrity of that product. So the longer the, longer, the, longer the, the warranty or guarantee, the more trust they have in the product's ability to withstand the use that the consumer will do with it. Correct? But they say after one year, it's no longer out their business. You can bring it to them to fix it, but then it will not be covered under warranty. You would have to pay. So any breach in that product within that time frame, you have a right to bring it back to the manufacturer. Because truly, they are the ones that build it, so they are the ones that understand it. 
is the same old God that he says the aeons were framed by the word of God. He's inversely telling you that they were created by that same word. So the word that created is the same word that will fix. You cannot fix or repair a man's life by any other thing than by that which it was created by. So you need the very material from which that thing, or the very source, the intelligence from which that thing was created by. So he says, they were framed by the rhema of God. By the rhema of God. So in life, what you need to fix your life is God's rhema. It does not matter in which form or shape it is packaged in. As long as it has the nature of rhema, it will fix you aeon. That's why God does not leave, need to leave his throne to fix you aeon. He has what? He has, he has representatives to do the job. He says, God, who had sun dry time spoken to us or to our fathers by the prophets, has spoken to us now in these last days. There are different modes to which that rhema expresses itself. But at the end of the day, it is rhema. If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. He says, when they receive you, they are not receiving you, they are receiving me. And they are not receiving me, but they are receiving him who sent me. So rhema, is the cause that effects all change. So he says, by faith, we can understand how this thing plays out. By faith, we can understand how your life, your life can go from nothing into a beautified, erected edifice. How your life can have no shape, no form, and fine structure. He says, it is Rima. It is Rima. He says, by the word of God. The day, John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. We there? Verse 2. The same was with God in the beginning. The same was with God in the... Yep, verse 3. Oh, all things, all things, all things, all things were made yeah wait wait says all things were made why doesn't it say by him 
ya. Why does he say by him? He says through him. By him would obviously suggest it is him that created him. Through him would mean that he was an instrument through which all things were made. So why oh. Ephesians chapter number three? Ephesians chapter number Ephesians three. Ephesians. Three. You there? Okay. Verse 8. To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden has been hidden in has been hidden in who did what so who is the creator huh? who created all things yeah ah there's that word again who created all things through Jesus Christ so in John he says this one is the word he's the word and it is through him that all things were made. Now let me explain that to you. The, 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 the through there implies that Jesus is an instrument, is a channel. The strength of that word may become clearer when I use the word blueprint. So, God uses Jesus to create all things because Jesus is the blueprint of all things. That's why the Bible says Christ is all and is in all because he holds the atoms. He is, he is the, the, the substance from which all things are derived. Anything spiritual and anything physical comes from Jesus. Are you listening to me? So he is the blueprint. Says all things were made through him. In other words, he's telling you that God needed to you. Christ is the blueprint of creation. So he's the blueprint of perfection. He's the blueprint of beauty. If God wants to make everything beautiful, he's like an architect. An architect will only build according to the specifications on the plan. Every engineer, every builder, every plumber must observe the specification listed within that plan. So everything God does is from Jesus Christ because Jesus is the plan of God for all creation. So what does that say about the rhema of God? God's rhema is God's blueprint for your life. God's rhema, God's rhema, God's word 
God's uttered word, God's spoken word is God's plan, God's blueprint for every single thing that will come out of your life. Everything that will ever happen in your life will be an extrapolation of God's spoken word over you. So Jesus is the blueprint. All things were made through him and there was nothing that was made that was made without him. So he is, the, he is a major component to the finalization or the materialization of everything in creation. Without the component of Christ, creation cannot be brought forth. Genesis chapter 1. by faith we understand that the aeons the world the generations were framed by the word of God so the reason for, prof for prophecy is katatizo every prophecy that has ever been given to you was God in motion, in catatizoing, in mending, in framing your aeon? So since creation, since the beginning, God has only spoken to frame. Look at every man who has ever heard from God. Every man whose voice, whose life, whose way has been shaped by God's voice. Study them and you will find one common thread. That at one point in their lives, they were wayward. At one point in their lives, they were walking a path that had not been designated for them. That at one point in their life, their lives were contrasted to what divinity has allotted unto their destiny. And one day, they heard that voice. In whatever form, in whatever shape it came, they heard it and their lives were turned around forever. Because, my brothers and my sisters, the fulfillment of life is only found in the path that God has allotted for you. You will not find joy, even though there is abundance in a path that destiny has not set for you. The only joy you will find in life is where destiny has designated you to. Genesis chapter 1. I'm teaching you a new series, The Way of the Spirit. You learn this. You observe this. You, you stake your entire life on this. You will, oh my God, you will come out. No one enters that door and comes out the same. David was 
David was a friend of prophets. Look at his life. Saul was not a friend of prophets. He killed prophets. Look at his life. Look at Saul's life. He terrorized Samuel, the man who was sent to help him navigate his kingship, to help him navigate his kingdom, to help him navigate his life. He killed him. Look what happened to him. Look at David. The Bible says he was a friend of prophets. Look at his dynasty. Look at Ahab. He called a prophet of God an enemy. Look what happened to him. All prophets are, are God's rhema encased in human flesh. It will take the humility of the spirit for your eyes to open, to observe. The day is God. Many lives are destroyed because men cannot discern God's voice to them. In every life, there is a voice God sends in your life. Oh. You see, I'll show you something now. Genesis. Chapter number one. Verse number one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Follow the context. Follow the context. God's highest truths are hidden in plain sight. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Now, let me ask a question here. In that whole first chapter, who is the common denominator? Who is the common denominator? Yeah? In the, in the whole chapter of Genesis chapter 1. What is one common thing that's prevalent there? One common theme that is prevalent there? God. 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 So everything in Genesis chapter 1, God is responsible for it. He is as responsible for the darkness, the void, the emptiness on the earth as he is responsible for creating the earth in, in the beginning. Because we see God's presence in the midst of vanity, of darkness, of emptiness. So why is God present even in chaos? So that must mean Whatever became of the earth in verse 2 was God. The same God who creates plunged the same earth he created 
into chaos. If you're Moses and you're seeing this, you're writing, you're writing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God hovered upon the face of the deep. If you are Moses and you are writing that chapter, that chapter came from a vision. He was writing what he seen. So he must have seen more than he had written. Why? Because of the constraint of the spirit. So God could only allow him to write what God wanted him to write. So Moses says the earth became. Why doesn't Moses speak about the heavens? Why doesn't he say, and because what happened in the earth, what happened in the earth was not the first time there was a mess. It happened in heaven. So why does he jump ages to talk about this? He says, and the earth became, became tohu bohu. Vanity of vanities, the earth became, became. Who made it become like that? There are some who have argued in theological circles, circles that it's Satan. Is Satan so powerful that he can disrupt God's creation? If I say that it was God who made the earth become void, empty, and dark. Then I must go throughout the Bible and look for instances where God did something like that, and there are many. Who gave Israel over to Egypt? Who gave Israel over to the bondage, the slavery, and the iron hand of Pharaoh? Who stopped the rain when Israel, under the leadership of Ahab, were in sin and rebelled against God? Who gave them famine? Who killed them in the wilderness? Who called out the snakes to bite them and die? Who made, who made their enemies triumph over them? Who brought emptiness to their lives? Who brought calamity over their lives? He says, it is I. That's what he says, it is I. So it is not a big thing to say that God is the one who brought the earth into formlessness, into vanity, and into darkness. 
Why does God do that? Why does he create and then destroy his own creation? Why does he create the earth and then plunge it into darkness and formlessness? And in the midst of that, he sends his spirit to nest, to incubate, to brood over that chaos, over that darkness. Why does God do things like that? Why does God act like that sometimes? Because what he was doing in Genesis is a pattern is, is a pattern, a foreshadowing of his modus operandi throughout the ages. The Bible says Jesus in Acts, he's the king of the ages. He's the king of the aeons. That means when God, whatever aeon God created, and whatever aeon creation moved into, Jesus had oversight over it. The word had oversight over it. So the same word that created destroyed the earth. And the spirit is not doing anything. He's not changing anything. It's still chaotic. The spirit is there. The spirit of God is there. But the earth is still formless. The earth is still shapeless. The earth is full of darkness. But the spirit is there. Why does God operate like that? David said, where can I go where your presence is not? If I, if I go to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Shuel, in hell, in the regions of the dead, you are there. Why are people still dead, even in the place where the spirit is? Why does God operate like this? And the earth became, became. Genesis chapter 1 tells us that the earth wasn't always what verse 2 says it was. The earth became formless, shapeless, empty, chaotic, and darkness was there. And remember I said that God's rhema is God's blueprint. So the same thing that God creates, he has the autonomy to destroy. So God, God, look at what God, look at how big the earth is. Look, you are 20, 40 something, 50 something, 60 something, and you have not even covered the whole circumference of the earth. You have not even covered the whole circumference of the country in which you live in. And at one point in time, this earth, that earth, was formless. All it was, was a body of water. He said to Reuben, you are like what? You are like the water. Formless, shapeless. 
and the spirit hovered over the face of the deep. He's there, but nothing is changing. Why? Why? He's a builder. He's a builder. He says, I was by his side as the, the chief architect, the master builder. But he's not doing anything. Why? Blueprints. He has to build according to specifications. So why God recreated the earth is a mystery that foreshadows and gives insight to the way of the spirit for all men. Why God do, did that is actually insight into the way of the spirit. Can we unlock it? All right. Let's read. Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45. Verse 6. Let's read, please. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's read that part again. Wait. I. I formed the light and I. Created darkness. I formed the light and I created darkness. Yeah? I? Yeah? And create evil. I make peace. And I? Yeah, do this. I, the Lord, do all. I do all. I do all these things. I, the Lord, do all these things. I make peace. I create evil. I form light. I created darkness. I, the Lord, do all these things. Why? Read there, please. Again, he says, I, the Lord. He told you in verse 6, he says that from the rising of the sun to his setting, that everyone may know that I am the Lord. So God wants everyone in creation to know that he is responsible for everything. He is responsible for the good, responsible for the bad, responsible for peace, respons he's responsible. Now, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question, right? Does God have an equal in creation? God has no equal. God has no? God has no? Equal. 
God has no ego. So everything that exists exists because God did what he willed it. He what? He willed it. He willed it. That means it has his stamp of approval. So here's this one called Satan. Right? Call him the father of all lies, all prince of what, what, right? Is he equal to God? Why? He is created. He is. He is created. Now let me show you something. Let me show you something. Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Thank you, Lord. You there? Please read from verse 12. Yeah. Now, yes, to the lowest part of the pit. Now, here's the thing. How did Satan formulate those goals? Paul says something strange. He says, without sin, I would have no recognition for sin. I mean, without the law, I would have no recognition for sin. I would not have known what sin is, except there was a, there was a law. Now, with this one, with this one, the Bible says his fall was caused because something in him was found. It was found in him. Let me read it to you. Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. Right? From verse number 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord, you are the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Right? Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, and sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub. You were, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you 
You are on the holy mountain of God. You walk back and forth in the midst of fiery storms. So if there was somebody who was close to God, it's this one. If there was somebody who was close to God, it was this one. Because I established you. Now, now listen to verse 15, right? You would think that anything that is perfect cannot end. You would think that anything that God created perfectly could not be corrupted. Is that, is that a, a, a correct premise to present? That which is perfect cannot be improved upon. Perfection means you can neither add nor subtract. That's what perfection is. And God said concerning this one that he was the seal. The seal. If, if, if angels wanted to see what perfection looked like, they had to look at Lucifer. He was the, he was the crowning jewel of perfection. And he's not created by just any other person. He's created by the perfect of perfect. God Almighty. So how can that which is perfect become fallen? How can that which is perfect become darkness? How can that which is perfect and be corrupted? So if Lucifer was perfect. His corruption could not have been self-orchestrated. He could not have co deliberately corrupted himself. It's impossible. He is perfect. How can that which is perfect corrupt itself? It could not have been. Except the creator. Except the creator. Instigate. Now you understand, right? Verse 15. Now listen to God. You are perfect. You are perfect. You were perfect. You were perfect in your ways. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. See, from the day you were, you were created, you were perfect. That's who Satan he was. He was. He was the perfect specimen of God. That's why he hates men more than anything because it is men that reminds him of how he was. But from the day he was created, he was, he was, he was, who's saying this? It doesn't get better than perfect. All right? From the day you were created. Listen, listen, my heart. Listen, listen to what God says last. You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created. <laughs> until, until, until. Until iniquity was found in you. Who put it there? Could Satan put, listen, listen, could he put something in him? Says until, I says, until what? 
Iniquity. You know what iniquity is? Perversenessness. Wickedness. Who put it there? Is 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 hidden. Now here we are getting to heavy discussions. So, does this mean, does this mean that God prearranged for Satan's corruption, for Satan's fall? So, 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 does this agree with what happened in Genesis 1, 1 and 2? He makes something perfect. And then he destroys it. There was nothing more perfect than Lucifer. He, he calls him Lucifer. You, you, oh, Lucifer. You, you know what Lucifer? You know what Lucifer means? The light bearer. The light bearer. So oh, there, there's a class of beings. There's a class of beings that, 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 oh God. The reasons why he's called Lucifer. Okay. Revelations. <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me, let me ask you. Look, look at me. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. What is the morning star? What is the morning star? What is the star that shines brightest in the morning? Yeah? The sun, right? The sun, the sun is the morning star. There is no star that shines brighter than the sun. Now, Lucifer's, Lucifer's, I'm talking about a class of beings, were or are to creation. What the sun is to the earth. So every region, every region that God, you see, God prepares realms or dimensions for creation by bringing light first. Light, oh God, light must precede the operations of God. The first thing God said in Genesis was, let there be light. Before he spoke to anything, did anything, he said, let there be light. Because light is the, is the first indicator that creation is about to happen. So Lucifer was in that class. He was the light bearer. Which, whose light was he bearing? Jesus said, I am the bright and morning star. I am Lucifer. That's the same word, I am Lucifer. Jesus says, I am Luce, I am the bright and morning star. I am Lucifer. And he says to those who overcome, he will make them also Lucifers. Light bearers. You are the light of the world. Every child of God is a Lucifer. So you can understand who this person was. He was, he was full of light, clothed with light. He was made with every stone you can think of. 
His body was instruments. It says he walked up and down the mountain of God. He was in Eden, the garden of God. Now, he says, you were all there until iniquity was found in you. So who arranged for his fall? Because up until that time, everything was fine. Everything was fine. It says until iniquity was found in you, who put it there? Because where, where would Satan learn of the ways of iniquity if there was no iniquity in creation? The earth was the, the universe was pristine. There was no evil. Pristine. Where did where did he learn how to sin? Until iniquity was until. So it was not there until it was found in you. Then he says you corrupted your ways. So God makes this perfect being. And then intentionally wills that he turns against him. So when you speak about Satan, you are talking about God. God made him that way. And then you know what he did? He, 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 he made him the embodiment of all that is evil. Notice, the Bible says there is no darkness in God, but he creates darkness. And what is the blueprint? Rhema. All things were made through him. All. 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 He says he was in the world, the cosmos. And the cosmos was made through him. So what Satan built was done through Jesus. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not me, it's the Bible. Says the cosmos, Satan needed the blueprint, the blueprint of Christ, of Jesus, of Rhema, to build his cosmos. And you can you can mention many other things, many other things. How God sent Job to destroy his life, how God sent Satan to destroy Job's life. How God sent Jesus to be tempted by the devil. Now, if he's going there, how does Satan know that he must be there? Except he is told and informed. In the same way, he was informed concerning Job. So what is the way of the Spirit? Genesis chapter 1. Let me show you. Jesus. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the 
and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the and the spirit of God and the spirit of God did what? over so he was incubating so God's spirit is an incubator huh. yeah. now, let me show you how the Lord works Bible says he determines the end from the beginning. He determines the end from the beginning. But he always starts from the beginning. Why isn't God's best Adam? Why is it Jesus? Why isn't God's God's beautiful earth, glorious earth, not the first earth, but the second earth. Why must there be a New Testament when there's already been an Old Testament by the same God? And why is the second always the best? Why is the last thing God does always the best? Jesus is the best from Adam. The New Testament is the best from the Old. The New Earth and new heaven is the best from this current one. Why does God operate like that? And there's always defects with the first things that God makes. The Old Testament was rendered obsolete because God found fault with it. So the Bible says there was fault in the Old Testament because it could not make men perfect. Yet the law was perfect. Yet the law was holy. Yet it made no man holy. It made no man perfect. But who, who, who? Who, who brought it forth? God Almighty was, was there when he called Moses, come, I will write my laws. Adam fell, yet he was a product, a specimen of God's creation. And it's Jesus who is the perfect one. Why is God's last always the best? And it is in that new earth and new heaven where God would leave heaven to live on earth. Why? Yet all these things, they come from him. Adam comes from God. So we must look at God and we will start asking him question. He said, why do you start with flops? Why must you always, why must that which you create first always have fault? before you create something better and something greater. That's the way of the Spirit. That's what I want to explain to you. Once you understand this, you would appreciate every point in life where you have found yourself. You would appreciate your struggles, your sufferings. You would appreciate everything you went through because you would have recognized that this has been the way that the Spirit has designated from old. Why do some people grow with one parent, some with no parents at all? Why do, oh my God, why do some people grow up their entire life struggling? Except your life become tohu bohu. 
you will never find the spirit. The spirit, listen to me, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is in places of chaos. He's, he's present in more, in more places, in more places of chaos than in any other place. That's why he's not in heaven. He's on earth. There is nothing to perfect in heaven. He must be where perfection, where beauty, where glory is required. I have not come for the righteous. I have come for the sinners. That's why he's always with the sinners. That's why he's always with the prostitutes. He's not with the righteous. He's not with the Pharisees. He's not with the Sadducees. Why? Because he's not the virtue. He's not the sick. I mean, he's not the healed that needs a physician. He's the sick. So why must the spirit be with God where perfection is? And the spirit was upon the face of the waters. He hovered on the face of the water because that's where he dwells. He's the God of the chaotic places. That's the spirit of God. He's the God of the formless, the void, the tohu bohu places. Why? Because in those places where catechism is required, the blueprint, the blueprint is already there. So what man must do, what man must do, his obligation, his requirement to, find, to have his life find form again, to have his life find light again, to have his life find beauty again, to have his life find the reflection of God's purposes and plans, he must seek. You never, let me tell you, the spirit always comes out of the shadow when Rama is heard. Once he hears... Listen, you can, you, you can be a Christian your whole life. Your whole life you will be a Christian and never experience the Spirit until one day you hear His voice. Until one day God's voice comes into your life and all of a sudden, like the mighty wind, He starts moving things into place. Why? Because the blueprint has been released. The building commissioner has signed off on that plan. He must start you from zero so that his track record can be proven. What glory does the Spirit have when all he does is bring you into glory? Every Every single thing in your life has been tailored by the Spirit. And, and, and God's hope in doing that is to bring you to a place where you cry for the Spirit. When, when, when Hagar was, was cast out by, by, by Abraham, and when she had nothing to give the son anymore because Abraham didn't give them much to go, when there was nothing left, the Bible says she, she went a stone throws distance from the son, from the child. Because the child was dying because she had no help. And, and the Bible says all of a sudden the angel of the Lord appeared to him. He said, why are you crying? For the voice of the Lord has been heard from above. Then he said, look, look. 
Bible says when she saw, she's in a place, in a place where there's only desert. She saw a pool of water. Why? Because there was a cry. That's God's hope. That's God's hope. Is that in, in the chaos of your life, you will, you will birth a cry that only God can hear. I'll tell you a story. When I met Michael in 2015, I met him in 2015, in July, five years now, this month, five years I met him. When I met him, he was, he was in a point in life. He was nothing. He had nothing. His life was reduced to rubble. No money, no direction, no future, no, no form. You don't know whether you're going forward or you're going backward. You don't know which road to take, which that, but he was a Christian. And you were Christian for how long at that time? He was a Christian over 14 years. But his life had no form. Faithful in church. Faithful in the house of God. Doing all the things that religion requires. Win souls. Pray. Fast. Doing all those things. But no shape, no form. Until the point that he lost every single thing. Imagine your parents send you to school for four years. Only to come fetch you seven years later. To come fetch you seven years later. And you've got nothing to show for what they sent you out to school to do. Except a degree. No money. Nothing to say to papa, to mama, thank you. And you're going back to the very same place where you started. You, you don't even have the means, the finances to, to collect your clothes and go stand at the gate of your father. You must call him. <clears throat> but you're a Christian. You love God. You seek God. But you have not found the way of the Spirit. For four days when I met him, he wore one pair of shoes, one pair of jeans. Why? And even where he was, he was seeking for something. Everybody in their lives get to that point. And we seek it in many different ways. Without form. Without shame. 
giving him money for lunch, to buy lunch. All the Chinese, the Australians, they're all there. They are eating their nice food. We, we are scrambling change just to buy donuts, four donuts. Didn't even have money to go back home. To a point where we were even afraid, even afraid to, we had a friend, friend and his wife came. Where we were, they were, what was that hotel? Southern Sun, with, Sun Internet, with glasses all over. Glasses all over. And we accompanied them. They were, we, were living, we were living in a dorm room with bunkers, not a hotel with bankers. Lack of worship, lack of focus, it's dark. You're seeking The first time we came here, we didn't see something before that. I remember we first coming from 